This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I said to start yesterday's show, you know, I, I love sports. I love football. I love watching NFL games. But I am not in that 99th percentile. Like, I'm not one of the true football freaks where it's like, give me Maction on Tuesday night, right? Give me, like, Northern Sun football or whatever. I know that's Division Two, but, like, I-, I will not watch football for the sake of watching football. I'll watch the NFL because it's on. I'll watch all day Sunday. I will watch most, if not all, of Monday night. Thursday night, if the game sucks, I'll have it on, but I, I might not watch Right, but I am not someone who needs to see every single game. It's like, oh, the Titans and the Texans are playing. Eh, I don't, I don't need. I'm not going to lose any sleep at night if I don't see that. Right, so I'm a huge football fan, huge sports fan, but I, I have my limits. And last night, I hit a limit late in the fourth quarter of Monday Night Football, and I, I did an oopsie. I made a mistake. I wanted to play a little Call of Duty before bed because nothing calms you down and gets you ready to, to rest for the night. And to wake up feeling great for the next day. Nothing, nothing puts you in the in the perfect headspace to go to sleep quite like uh, screaming at middle schoolers on the internet. So I was going to do some of that before bed. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, the Eagles got this. There's no way they blow this. So I turned on my PlayStation and I turned my spinny chair, my big comfy computer chair, away from the TV. The game was on behind me, and I missed this comeback. All of a sudden, I checked Twitter in between Call of Duty games, and I see the Seahawks won. And I wasn't that mad because. It was going to happen whether I was watching or not. I started laughing immediately. It was hilarious. It's really funny. The, the Eagles lost that game. I said, what? The Eagles? How? And then I saw, you know, the Drew Locke, the amazing deep ball, and the Jalen <laughs> Jalen Hurts interception. That's that's funny. That's good stuff. But I, I missed it. I'll admit. I gave up on the game. I thought it was over, uh, which that, that's a good test of how bad that loss is for the Eagles. If some knob like me who's home alone with nothing to do turns off the game because he assumes it's over and you lose that game that's a bad loss uh that's a, that's a bad look it's an ugly loss for your football team so the eagles lose last night i saw about 95 percent of monday night football i thought it was over i thought i could get a head start on some call of duty and i was wrong but laughed my ass off when i saw the eagles blew that game that's funny sorry to our friend our philadelphia friend Uh, Ben Kenny. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you've had an awesome day. Very interesting day in Packers fandom. And if you're saying, Grant, what the hell do you mean? Nothing's happened. Nothing's going on. Okay, well, you live a healthy lifestyle. You don't pay attention to every little thing that every person says and every writer writes and every podcaster podcasts. So keep on living your life the way you're living it. You're going to live a long, happy, healthy, balanced life. But for those of you that you know, listen to a little bit of a morning show every day, maybe you catch a little bit of the Bill Michaels show, maybe you listen to the Pack-A-Day podcast with Andy Herman, right? Maybe you read some blogs at lunch. People are not happy, not happy at all. Uh, past just what happened on Sunday, you know, we dealt with that yesterday, and, and that was a bummer. 
but as the week goes along, people are getting angrier and angrier and angrier. So I, I want to talk about that a little bit tonight, and maybe we'll take some of your calls. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're getting angrier between the Bucks' loss, Joe Barry's continued employment, and Matt LaFleur's comments in his press conference yesterday, mostly about Joe Barry's continued employment and what's going on with this team. Um, so I want to talk about that tonight. Mike Clemens is going to join us at 530. I, I'm, I'm always interested to talk to Mike. Um, but depending on what's going on, I always have something in specific I'm excited to talk about with Mike, whether it's the vibe in the building or what's going on with this player, or what's their availability like for this weekend. Right now, I, I want to ask Mike, like, are people overreacting? Because there's times where I've talked with Mike. It's like, man, I think fans are, I think fans are going a little over the top with this coach or fans are going a little over the top with this. And Mike will go, oh, no, no, <laughs> it's all it's all warranted. Right. So sometimes. You know, fans go a little nuts after all fan is short for fanatic, but sometimes fans are right. So I'm interested to get Mike's uh, a little bit more unbiased, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more mature, well thought out, logical take on this. He's going to be here at 530. He joins us twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday, for the most part, throughout Packers season, maybe here and there sliding around. But you can, for the most part, book him Tuesdays and Thursdays at 530. So look forward to that. 608. 608- 321-1670 is the number to call if you'd like to join the show. I'll start taking your calls here in about 10 minutes. Always, I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. So the NFL is insane, right? NFL fans, people in NFL media, people who do podcasts or blogs or columns or television shows, radio shows specifically designed to talk about the NFL. It's insanity. They're nuts. They're crazy people. Way more than the NBA way more than Major League Baseball. Like, Major League Baseball, you get Ken Rosenthal writing two articles a month about how Corbin Burns is probably going to go to the Dodgers and how the Dodgers, this is great for baseball, the Dodgers spending all that money. Okay, well, it's stupid, but Ken Rosenthal's really not hurting anything or anyone doing that, so let him do that in, in his corner. I love Ken Rosenthal. I am just using, that was the name that came up. You know, fill in whatever baseball columnist you, you want. Right, and NBA media, you got Bill Simmons, you know, in his little corner of the internet, who's like, I think Peyton Pritchard is... This and and then Zach Lowe was like, but what about what about no one's talking about the 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 second unit of the the Blazers? It's like okay, you guys have your thing. You're not really hurting anybody. You're for the most part pretty reasonable in NBA Twitter and NBA media. Same with Major League Baseball. Football is different. There's only 17 games. There's only one game a week, so we react strongly. Every single game is life or death, which is part of the reason the NFL is so awesome and everyone feels the need to watch every game even if their team isn't involved, or even if the teams or the quarterbacks involved aren't any good, we got to watch because there's only so much. There's a finite amount of football we get every year. You know, for example, you know, earlier this season, speaking of how every game, you know, we can we can change and blow like the wind. The Eagles were what earlier this year? Nine and one, 10 and one. I was seeing tweets, special team. This is a, spe- this is a special team. And you know what? Jalen Hurts might not look like he looked last year. He might not be slinging the ball. The deep passing might not be there. But by God, his teammates believe in him. He inspires them. And they never feel like they're out of a game because Jalen Hurts is dead boy. Right? That, was, that was basically that was what was said about the Eagles. Now look at him. He loses just a couple games to good teams. Last night on the road, hostile environment. Five seed are tied with the Cowboys who have their own issues. Speaking of the Cowboys, people riding high on the Cowboys, and then they go to Buffalo and they get shellacked. It's like, man, are the the Cowboys any good? The NFC is wild. It's basically the Niners and then a massive gap. And right now, I think depending on where the game would be played, my next favorite team might be Detroit. 
If you tell me Detroit is rested and at home against a, another a great team, I think if they were hosting the Cowboys, like, I don't know if I'd pick them, but I'd feel just as good. Like, that, that would be a coin flip game to me. I'd pick them to beat the Eagles. Absolutely. I wouldn't pick them to beat the Niners. The Niners are a class of their own right now. It's the Niners and a bunch of other teams that have question marks. Right? And the NFL, the NFL stands for not for long. Right? We hear this all the time. And I love repeating cliches on the show all the time, but for the most part, a lot of them are true. Fan is short for fanatic, right? The NFL does stand for not for long. Let's let's consider the Matt LaFleur roller coaster that we've been on, the, the Matt LaFleur cone roller coaster, if you will, in 2023. So week one, they beat the Bears. After weeks, months of hype and bitching between fan bases and trash talk, Packers week one, they win, right? Matt LaFleur, our king we st- we stan Matt Lafleur. The divorce divorce there in Rogers. Is it the Jets? Oh my God, we we won that going away. We got the kids, we got the car, we got the beach house. Aaron Rodgers got the dog and the kids once a month, and and he gets them on some random holiday like St. Patrick's Day. I mean, we just cleaned house in this divorce there in Rogers week one. Oh my God, you fast forward a couple weeks. And they have a really rough stretch against the Lions at home, Vegas in Vegas, Denver in Denver, going into the bye. Matt LaFleur, you beta, you cuck, you cry, baby. You crying? You crying right now at halftime? Have you no sense, Matt LaFleur? Have you none at all? No sense? You got to go. Fired. Clean house. Got to get rid of him. Get through the bye. You play a couple games. All of a sudden, the team starts to put some things together. The second Detroit game on Thanksgiving, the Kansas City game. Oh, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Is he is he coach of the year? <laughs> are we are we betting this award? I mean, there's really no one at price that I like more than Matt Lafleur. I mean, got you got to consider him, right? I mean, come on, everybody, look what he's doing. Look at how he's turned this team around. Look at he's I got this team beating uh, the Lions in prime time, the Chiefs in prime time, nationally televised game. I mean, he's coach of the year. I mean, come on, look at this guy. So we've gone from peak of the mountaintop to bottom of the barrel, to this guy should get the crowning achievement among his peers in his field. Fast forward one more week against the Giants. He's an idiot, obviously, uh, because he ran one too many jet sweeps. I know the Packers don't have a running game, and you know a lot of their wide receivers are banged up, and Jordan Love isn't playing that well, but God forbid we just put the ball in the hands of Jaden Reed, let him run some jet sweeps, see what can happen. But no, idiot, uh, bad, bad. Matt LaFleur is a dope. And then this week, he's a moron baby, Because he won't lay waste to his entire defensive staff, okay? This is why it behooves us. Yes, I use that word intentionally because I think it's very funny. This is why it's smart for us to block out the noise, to block out the fluky, flashy, distracting things that in the end don't really matter, right? This Packers team is not a team that was built to try to win a championship. This was not a team that was assembled to try to win a championship this year. This was not a Super Bowl or bust team. Oh, come on, every year Super Bowl or bust. It's title town. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to tell yourself. Yeah, (laughs) okay, every year Super Bowl or bust. Sure. You get what I'm saying? This team is a little different. It's very different than the teams that we've gotten used to and the expectations that we got used to, the experience that we got used to over the last 30 years. So I understand this team, a little bit of a wake-up. For lots of Packers fans this year. And we've react strongly. We react strongly to the losses and want everyone fired, including my, you know, Mark Murphy, because he's not doing his job. Nobody's being held accountable. And then they win a couple of games and all of a sudden Goody should be exec of the year. Matt LaFleur should be coach of the year. Let's take a pill a little bit. Okay. 
Last night, I told you, when we were evaluating the season up until this point, because we're getting pretty close. We can see a lot of the big picture. Ignore week one because it's fluky. It's weird. The, the Packers and the Bears have both come a long way. Let's take week one out and take out the peak and take out the valley, right? Take out the best stretch the Packers have had. Take out the worst stretch and look at everything else. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out a lot. The, both Lions games, the, the Vegas game, the Denver game, the Kansas City. I, I know. I don't mean to like slash and cut and tell you that none of these games matter. They're a part of the bigger picture. But take away the best stretch of play, take away the worst stretch of play, and look at the remaining games. And the remaining stretch of games is up and down, flashes of brilliance, flashes of incompetence, flashes of maturity, flashes of inexperience, flashing of good coaching, flashes of bad coaching. That tracks for a young, incomplete team with a first-year starting quarterback. And when I say incomplete, I mean, we understood coming into this year that they couldn't address every single need in this offseason. I mean, I had Mike Clemens week after week after week in the preseason. They don't have any safeties. They don't have any safeties. They don't have any safety. There's no safeties. And I'm like, well, you can only fix so many issues at once in one offseason, especially when you have no money. That's down the road. So we were worried about safety down the road. All of a sudden, none of their corners are left because Jair isn't playing. I don't want to theorize why. Rasul Douglas has been traded, right? This is an incomplete team. And they're the youngest offense in NFL history. So if you take out the peaks and the valleys of the season, inconsistent, up and down, lots of good, lots of bad, but lots of promise. Okay, that's what we'd expect. That's what we would hope for, right? So take out the noise. This season makes sense. Now back to Matt LaFleur. Try to take out the noise. Okay, strip away the things that don't matter. All the things that are said about Matt LaFleur, all the things that fans yell about, this, that, the other thing. Oh, his eyebrows. Oh, he's crying on the sideline. Oh, I hate when he's at the podium. He always says he has to check the tape. What the hell does that mean? Take away and throw out all the things that don't matter. Okay? The noise. At the core of this conversation, ask yourself, do you think Matt LaFleur is a good coach? Don't tell me about eyebrows. Don't tell me about the vest. Don't tell me about things that he does in a press conference that annoys you. Don't tell me, oh, he's emotional. He's he's soft. Do you think Matt LaFleur is a good coach? I am on the record saying unequivocally yes. Okay? He's not perfect, but no coach is. I want to drill that into your head every opportunity I get for the rest of the season and offseason. There is no perfect coach in the NFL. You tell me your favorite coach, I'll tell you his issue or issues. And and that do, and that doesn't mean that Andy Reid is a bad coach. That doesn't mean that John Harbaugh is a bad coach. That doesn't mean that Dan Campbell is a bad coach. Every coach is different. Every coach has strengths and weaknesses. And right now in the NFL, there is no perfect coach. Kyle Shanahan is probably the closest thing to it because his offense is brilliant. He can work with just about any quarterback, and he seems like he can really hire coordinators. The game management stuff kind of sucks. The fourth down decision-making kind of sucks. And when he's going up against Patrick Mahomes, who's an absolute like panzer of a quarterback and you need every advantage to beat him, you can't afford to punt on fourth and one on the plus side of the field. And he does it all the time. So Kyle Shanahan is not perfect. Dan Campbell, not perfect. Sean Payton, not perfect. Pete Carroll, not perfect. None of these guys are perfect. Okay. Matt LaFleur is just another coach in a league of imperfect coaches. But Matt LaFleur does a lot of things well. I think his scheme rules. I think he nails fourth down decision-making as much as anyone else in the league. 
and he connects with his quarterback, as evidenced by, I don't know, succeeding with a 40-year-old or a, a late 30s, I guess at the time, quarterback that had really dipped after McCarthy and was kind of wondering where his career was going to go next. Two MVPs, really, really good. And in year one with Jordan Love, I can see the growth. I can see the progression. I can see the coaching. I, I can see it, right? He connects with his quarterback, which is more than you can say with a lot of coaches in football. We've seen a lot of good coaches, good scheme guys, good leaders get fired because they couldn't connect with their quarterback. I think Matt LaFleur is really good at a lot of coaching things. He's not your classic macho man, motivator extraordinaire. Uh, okay, but did you see Nick Sirianni last night? He would be a, a more fiery, a, a more brash individual. And he's screaming at Chiefs fans in the tunnel. And he's yelling it at, at Pete Carroll across the field. I don't want my coach doing that. That's, that's loser behavior. My only concern about Matt LaFleur right now is that he struggles with his coordinators, special teams and defense. He's struggled with both. I think Rich Bisacci is mostly fine. The Mo Drayton hire was insane the day that it happened. It's like, oh, we have a historically bad special teams unit. What if we just promote someone who already works here? What? That was never, ever going to work. Ever. Now, the defensive coordinator thing is starting to worry me. Because, again, every every coach is imperfect. But if Matt LaFleur is going to hold on to Joe Barry and hold on to this defensive stack next year, nothing is really going to change this culture is going to persist this idea that green bay is soft defensively is going to persist they're not serious defensively is going to persist this is truly my one concern about matt lafleur i'll buy all the matt lafleur stock but deep down i'm like dude if you hold on to joe barry and you go into next year then we can have some conversations okay i'll defend matt lafleur to the mattresses as much as anyone understanding that he's not perfect 100 percent but I think he's as good at the important things as just about anyone in football. And my God, if he could just hire the right defensive coordinator and put some good people into place, we'd really be cooking with gas. We got a stew going, as Carl Weathers would say, in Arrested Development. Let's take a three minute break. 608 321 1670. Get your calls, tweets at Wisco Grant, 608 321 1670. If you want to join the show, sorry, I got a hiccup. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. Stick around. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Going to take some calls here in just a minute. If you're just joining the show, Missed the first segment. Just trying to mind Packers fans. We got to chill. We got to relax just a little bit. I am bummed. I'm bummed that the Packers lost to the Bucks. I'm bummed that they lost to the Giants. It's a bummer because they were 6-6, six and six and we thought, man, the schedule's doable. You got some games at home. You're playing your best ball. Maybe you get a little healthier down the stretch. You finish strong, and you get a freebie trip to the playoffs. What an awesome way to wrap up Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love's first year together, and what an amazing way to maybe cap the first year post-Aaron Rodgers. Now it looks like that reality is probably not going to happen. Okay, shoot. But let's not lose sight of the big picture here. You know how many calls I heard to Bill's show today? You know how many tweets I've seen? Matt LaFleur's got to go. We got to clean house. It's like, what? Three weeks ago, we were saying that Goody's exec of the year and Matt LaFleur should be coach of the year. I, I, we got to calm down. We have to calm down. This is a repositioning, rebuilding, resetting year, and there have been lots of great moments. There have been lots of ugly moments. It's to be expected. Now, I'd like for them to win a couple games down the stretch here and finish strong. 
But the idea maybe that they were going to win five, six, seven in a row to end the year, it was probably a little far-fetched. But I regret nothing. I don't regret hoping and maybe letting my mind wander to daydream that that could happen. We got to get out of this Super Bowl or bust, this explosive, volatile mindset where we're like Steinbrenner in the Yankees, where if we're not winning a World Series every year, everyone's got to go. We're not that team right now. Hopefully we can get back to being that team where we're contending regularly and we and all these games do matter life and death. But right now they they don't. They just don't. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Let's take some calls. Who's this? Grant, Tony from Texas, you are absolutely spot on this microwave society, Grant. <sighs> what about just building something from the ground up like the Packers have been doing the last uh, two years or so? I mean, I don't understand what this fan base wants. You're right. Matt LaFleur, I think, was tied to George Seifert the first three years of his career for the best winning percentage in the NFL. I mean, you might want to fact-check me on that, but one of the best winning percentages ever to start his career. And then last year, he took a stumble. They lost the last game, but almost made the playoffs. And now this year, with the youngest roster in the league, has this team contending for a playoff spot, and we want to fire the head coach. Now, people will say, oh, I don't like I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the, the vest. Maybe he's crying. He doesn't know how to hire his assistants. Okay. Maybe he doesn't know how to hire his assistants that well, but he has moved on from guys before, and I think he will this year. Yes, Joe Barry probably will lose his job in the offseason. My question to you, Grant, and you know I asked you this, who do you replace Joe Barry with? Um, that's that's the the hundred thousand dollar question, I think. Well, and here's the thing. Look, I, I, I there's some college names. It's, it's funny you ask. I was listening to Andy Herman's podcast earlier today because he has Justice Mosqueda on once a week, who I really like, and he's a big college football guy, so he was throwing around some names. This is not going to be the most appealing job, Tony, uh, because there's not exactly a ton of talent on this defense at the moment. You could make the case. You could talk. You know, we get a couple months into the offseason. We'll talk ourselves into some of these guys. But Rashawn Gary's a cornerstone. Maybe Quay Walker. Maybe Lucas Van Ness. But Kenny Clark is aging. There's not a ton on the back end, especially if Jair. I don't know what's going on with him. Plus, Tony, if Matt LaFleur pitches you as a defensive coordinator to come to Green Bay, what if the Packers take a massive step back next year? What if they have injuries? And what if, what if it, there's a sophomore slump in year two of Jordan Love's kind of tenure? Well, now Matt LaFleur's on the hot seat, and the defensive coordinator who who just showed up is all of a sudden being hung out to dry. So the timing of this, it would have been a lot better to look for a defensive coordinator last offseason, right? It's going to be a little bit awkward and clunky, but it is an NFL DC job, so there's only so many here's, here's my elevator pitch of a Matt LaFleur to my potential candidate. Okay. We have five draft picks potentially in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of cap space happening. The PR move would be more in your favor. The fans hate Joe Barry. The only people that like Joe Barry, are, I think, are Vagabond John and Joe Barry's family. So there's not going to be anyone that's against this move. Uh, you can't get any worse. So I think Joe Barry replacing him is going to be a step in the right direction. Matt LaFleur is a good coach. And, Grant, i got to ask you about this Devondre Campbell quote. Don't know if you hit on it or not. Yeah. But I cannot stand this. You don't like your boss, Grant. You, you don't feel like coming to work, Grant. You don't like your boss. I love I don't want to come boss. to work. I, I okay, jump like, out of bed. I leap out of bed every morning excited to get to work. I wish, my, I, wish I lived at work. I wish I could never leave. I, I, I can't, I can't well, understand where, where you're going with this. You don't use your voice. You use your voice for your living, right? What if your yeah. voice is a little raspy, Grant? A little, it hurts to talk, maybe Ugh. for a couple hours. You, you, you gonna gut through it, Grant? You gonna work through it? 
If I have to, if my boss wants me to, I, yeah, hell yeah. That's the type of you guy I am. You work through it. What if it's not the best tape out there, Grant? You know, not the best shows, but you work through it. Well, it'll fit in with the rest of the shows that I do then. I'll just sound a little oh, gravelier. I get, I get what you're saying. Give Andre Campbell, man up. I am so sick of this NFL. So soft. You can't cover a running back or a tight end, so now we're going to blame injuries. Should have taken up golf or tennis. I mean, give me a break, man. It's the NFL. Everyone has injuries. I'm with you on that. I, I know what you mean. By the way, Devondre Campbell earlier today, for those who didn't see it, tweeted, not going out of my way anymore, and I'm not playing through injuries anymore because when SHIT goes wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everyone accordingly and giving them the same energy they're giving me. Focus on yourself and your mental. Who is, is he talking to the fans? Are fans giving him a hard time? Is his coach? I, who, who's giving him a hard time? I, I think uh, probably the, they went through the film session, probably. But, you know, just watching in real time, I was – out in real time, but I'm sure like during the film sessions, they probably went through it and said, Devondre, what the hell are you doing here, man? Yeah, then play I mean, he, got, he got cooked. He got cooked. Yeah, but I, I guess then play Isaiah McDuffie. And Tony, I, I got to move along. I got a couple other callers here. Play Isaiah McDuffie then. By the third quarter, you realize, oh, Devondre Campbell is getting cooked out there. They're targeting him. He can't hang. By the end of the game, it's not Campbell's fault. Like you have other guys you can try. You have other adjustments and other looks you can try, although I guess the communication was poor, so maybe they didn't want to change anything up. But, the, but at a certain point, it's not Devondre Campbell's fault. It's not Zach Wilson's fault that he doesn't know how to play quarterback in the NFL. Blame Joe Douglas and Robert Sala for having no better option and having no foresight or no flexibility in getting any It's not Zach Wilson's fault that he's terrible. The Jets are trying to make him into something he's not. And I would feel pretty similarly about Devondre Campbell. He's beat up. Mike Clemens told me and Bill the other day, Devondre Campbell couldn't lift his arms above his head going into the Detroit game. He was in; he could barely move. So this is what these guys are dealing with. I don't know who Campbell's spouting off against, if it's the fans. Dude, who cares what fans say? I'm a fan. I'm an idiot. Fan is short for fanatic. How many times are I going to say that? 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. It's David. David. Oh, lawyer Dave in Madison. What's going on with you today? Well, hey, your opening soliloquy was quite elegant. Oh, thank you. And uh, that's, that's, that's what I wish to be known. I wish to be known as eloquent in the sports radio world, the badge of honor. Oh, you're damn good. Um, so, you know, I heard a smart man a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, say that every year it seemed like the Packers to bring somebody in brand new for their coaching staff. New ideas. And yes. I think as part of that discussion, we talked about the fact that there is no salary cap on coaches. There is no salary cap on hiring scouts to have the very best shot on the draft. This is the one advantage that the Green Bay Packers have over anybody else. They don't have an owner who's concerned about profitability. We should be spending more money. When you, were, when you were saying a few minutes ago that the Packer job may not be that enticing, hey, entice them with money. Yeah. Go out and get the best coach money can buy because there is no salary cap. So, so I, don't, I don't know that the Packers have a unique advantage in that respect. Like, they're still beholden to a board and to people who look out over finances. But that's, that's not what I want to discuss with you in our very limited time. Like, we don't need to talk about that. That's logistics. That's boring. They paid Rich Bisacci a very high price to come and be their special teams coordinator. And they haven't really seen returns. 
if they're really serious about changing the culture around their defense, they're probably going to have to do the same. Or they're going to have to go with someone young and unproven that they believe in but maybe isn't worth a big price tag yet. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't well, know. One of the big complaints about special teams is that our rookie kicker has missed a kick consistently in the last five games. I think but, that's down the list of ways of complaints about special teams. I, I, I well, would, I, I think if the Packers, Packers fans were to list their complaints, I think Anders Carlson would be on there. I think penalties and issues with returns, I think I think Anders Carlson, because he's a rookie, would be lower. But continue. I, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I would compare our special teams now with what they were two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Mm-hmm. I see that they're better. Now, the fact is, nobody's running back kickoffs anymore, period. You know, yeah. the kickoff can get kicked to the 10-yard line, and the guy puts up a fair catch. He won't return it. So I, I just think overall... It may not show up statistically, but I can tell you that I don't cringe in quite the way that I was cringing two, three, four, five years ago. And, of course, this goes back to McCarthy having had the same issue that our current coach has, and that is got to read the tea leaves and you got to be ready to fire somebody. It's a very important responsibility for a head coach to see it and know it and understand it. And what McCarthy did with special teams was a horror show. Yeah. And this guy who's defensive coordinator, it's pretty obvious, you know, he cannot make in-game adjustments. He has a way of doing things. Do you know that The Onion, the newspaper, The Onion, ran a story making fun of the Packers for how deep they had their secondary playing, even on third and short? Doesn't get any funnier than that. No. Do, do you know how, how how bad you have to be in sport? Like, that's a niche onion story. That's not probably, like, the masses don't look at that and think, oh, yeah, because Joe Barry plays a soft even. Like, no, for the, for the, not the Cowboys, but for the onion to write a story like that, you know it has to be bad. I'm with you. The, the thing about special teams, David, and I, I know what you're saying, but if I'm a member of the Packers board, and someone's trying to pitch me about, like, we need to back up the truck to make a defensive coordinator one of the highest-paid defensive coordinators in football to get him to come here. I'd say, well, we did that with special teams, and where's that gotten us? And your answer is, well, we're not terrible anymore? I I don't know. It's like saying, man, my car stinks. I, I can't trust it to get me to work every day. I need to get a new one. Here's $80,000. Go get me a new car. And someone brings me back a 2004 Honda Civic. And it's better than my last car. It's like, but I gave you, like, yeah, this is better, but it's not better relative to the investment that we're making. I, I think the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy should be an example that Matt LaFleur looks at. Mike McCarthy ha- has basically completely handed over the reins to two sides of the ball, to the defense, Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn is so empowered and so comfortable in that role that now he's finding assistance like Al Harris. He's growing almost a, a coaching tree within a coaching tree. And then he's got John Fossil running the special teams. Like Mike McCarthy is focusing on his thing. And look at the results. Dak is having a career year, and they've unlocked CeeDee Lamb. And they and Matt LaFleur's response to his defense struggling is, I have to be more involved. I need to dedicate more time to defense. That's the opposite. You, no, 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 no. You need to find someone to run the defense who's better at it, not commit more of your time to helping them. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? 
Hey, Grant. Clem Head Mike. Clem Head Mike, good evening. How is Chippewa Falls this evening? Oh, not too bad. I uh, oh, haven't talked to you since last Wednesday. I was going to say, had, uh, you've been busy. Over on, had a lot of people over on Friday, and I had, uh, went out to dinner with my two brothers on Monday or yesterday. So, yeah, I didn't see the game Sunday. I was uh, had the kids, grandkids over for my other uh, son's birthday, and uh, I, I was going to watch. I had it recorded, and I saw on the Internet that uh, – Packers lost it. Oh, thank God I didn't spend three and a half hours watching that crap. But The offense um, was yeah. fine with some good moments, and the defense basically just got marched up and down the field. That's basically all you missed. Yeah. Nothing crazy. So, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, good. Matt, uh, Matt Grant, Grant, you're the, uh, you're 25 years old. You've got the most mature take of any of the sportscasters I've heard just, in the last couple of days. And I, 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 had a good mature, had a good mature call from Tony too, because he took it in stride like you did. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I have a theory, and I don't know if anybody's mentioned this before, but, uh, you know, Robert Sala, he, he's, uh, his job's on the line. Do you think, since he's Matt's best buddy, do you think um, do you think he's waiting to see if he gets canned and he may sign him up as a defensive coordinator? He's, you know, he's defensive-minded, and the Jets, as a team, their record stinks, but their defense is top-notch. Do you think that's something he might be uh, interested in? Well, the Jets' defense is always at a good attitude. They hit harder and they play harder. Yep. It's... I don't like the Packers scheme and their attitude stinks and their, their vibes state. You know what I mean? Like every defense has a bad game where you blow coverages and you give up point. Like it happens. Not every defense, even the best defenses aren't elite every week. Robert Sala's yeah. defense at least has a brand that I like. I don't think he's going to get fired though. Cause Rogers loves him. He was singing his praises on the McAfee show earlier today. And I think the jets have made it clear. They're going to do for Aaron Rodgers what Aaron Rodgers wants. Yeah. But I've been watching some YouTube channels and things like that on from the New York area. And boy, People just a lot of those people hate Aaron Rodgers. They think he's destroyed their team for the next year or two because you know bringing over all his buddies and they, they're right now they're you know giving up draft choices for him. They're, the Jets are kind of they may be screwed for the next couple of years because of Aaron Rodgers and well, they, they sucked uh, before not, he got yeah. there too. So it's it's yeah. not like he waltzed into the, a dynasty and sunk it. Uh, Jets fans can slow their roll a yeah. little bit. I get why they're frustrated, but also I think Alan Lazard is a reasonable player if Aaron Rodgers is healthy this year because they play well together. And Matt LaFleur, or not Matt LaFleur, but uh, Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett have shown they work well together. So to defend Rodgers, if he's healthy this year, a lot of this goes better, and some of these acquisitions make a lot more sense. But Yeah, so I think on the bright side, you know, I didn't think the Packers, it, uh, you know, we all wanted them to get to the playoffs, but we didn't know, we knew they weren't going to go to the Super Bowl. I think. And the bright side, we're going to get better draft choices this year, and Maybe uh, maybe in the long run we'll say, hey, if uh, things worked out, we'll look back two years from now and say, you know what, that all, that all worked out for the best. Yeah, it might. And there might be a situation, Mike, and i, I got to run. It was nice to hear from you. I appreciate you. There might be a situation where the Packers went out, and then at the end of the year we're singing Matt LaFleur's praises again, and we're singing just like – we, I, we can't do this every couple of weeks. We can't go from he should win coach of the year to we should clean house to we, we can't uh, back a snip, snap, snip, snap. We, we can't keep doing this. And like, I hate to be Mr. Common Sense, reasonable guy because I'm 25. And for my whole life, I've had people who are 50, 60 years old, like you don't even know what bad football is. You've been so spoiled. And now I'm getting lectured by the same people about how this is unacceptable. And this camera who's spoiled, who is spoiled, right? Who is entitled? 
not to not to puff up my chest here, I feel like I've been pretty reasonable this whole year about managing expectations and about taking things in stride and about enjoying the wins, but also trying not to just rip my teeth out of my mouth and rip the hair out of my head with bad losses. Like, I'm trying to be Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collected here, and this whole band base is freaking out. And parts of the fan base, well, oh, I lived through the 70s and 80s. Really? Then act like it. Okay? Then 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 act like it. Hey, 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 hey. All right, we got to take a five-minute break. I want to continue to take calls. I got I got two callers on hold. If you guys can sit there for five minutes, I promise I'll get to you right on the other side of this break. Wisco Sports Show, back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm not upset. I'm not frustrated tonight. I'm just annoyed. My whole life, I've been lectured by people who lived through the 70s and the 80s. We saw the dark ages, the dark days of the Green Bay Packers. You kids, you don't know what it's like. Life without a Hall of Fame quarterback, you don't know what it's like. And now these are the same people that want everyone fired because the Packers have the audacity to have one rebuilding season every 15 to 20 years. Just every once in a while. How, how dare the Packers? You, you all, I, I'm putting you on blast. You, you 70s and 80s Packers fans have been standing on your soapbox for years. You're all frauds, okay? Because at least when my great-grandma was like, I lived through the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression, at least she then walked the walk and reused the, sand, the same can of bacon grease for like three years. You've been lecturing me. Oh, I lived through the 70s and the 80s. They lose one game that they shouldn't, and you want everyone fired, and you want Mark Murphy to, like, make it a public apology and then jump out the window at the top of his office. Enough. Frauds. You're all frauds. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? <laughs> it's uh, Tom and lacrosse. How are you doing, Grant? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you today? Welcome. <laughs> Uh, I'm rolling while I'm driving. I should probably stop laughing so hard. But I had to laugh so hard, though, with Bill's rant this afternoon on a show about some email. I didn't get the gist of the email. I think it was but, poor Denny and Holman. I, th- I think. Oh, no. I think it was Denny who sent him an email. I don't know, though. Yeah. But uh, no, I did grow up through the 70s and 80s, and heck, it, it is what it is. I, I, want, I think people need to take a little bit of a chill. I, if you, had, you talked about this the other day. I had expectations of eight and nine. Nine and eight. Yeah. And maybe if they're nine and eight, they go to the playoffs, then they're probably one and done, maybe. Who knows? But Nate, nine, nine and eight. I'm still, I, I think Jordan Love is the guy. I think he's got a lot to learn, and I think you give him another year with LeFleur so that there's not that, you know, just sunken hole of coach after coach after coach. But uh, give him a chance. Obviously, Barry's probably got to be gone after this year. I don't know why people think Murphy's got to be fired. But anyway. You know, you know what actually, thoughts. with the Lafleur love combo, you know what actually makes me feel good in a weird, sick, twisted way is the last two weeks when the offense hasn't been perfect, the offense has stalled because Jordan Love has missed a guy that's open. Like, to yeah. me, that shows that Matt Lafleur is making guys available to him and scheming things up for him. And it's on Jordan Love to now develop and to get better and to hit more of those throws. I, like, I don't feel like he's being held back by a head coach or a play caller. We're, we're honestly getting a good judgment of Jordan Love, which, again, I know we, expectations and rationality went out the window week one, but that was the idea of this year. Right. 
And yeah, he, he misses. That's frustrating. But you know, hopefully that will come. Uh, you know, he's guys. Guys can improve their accuracy, and and you know, good good quarterback coaching. That that stuff can happen. But you know, and he'll miss that like an easy throw to read out in the flat, and then just throw a a dime. You know, one inch from the you know out of bounds line in the end zone that read you know tiptoes in. I mean, mm-hmm. he just makes so many unbelievable throws and he misses some head scratchers but i'm i think he's the guy i think it'll take some time to to get him he's not rogers um thank yeah. god i mean from an from an emotional standpoint well there's but time anyway, give, give, it, give it 15 or 16 years time you never know yeah you go you go down the hill i appreciate the call thank you that's time on the cross i give him 15 years maybe he'll maybe he'll get weird just like the last two quarterbacks have yeah i, I know it's weird but I, I weirdly like that if the offense is struggling, I can point at my screen and say, well, love missed Reed. He was wide open. Love missed Wicks on third and four. He was wide open. Because what I don't want is what Bears fans have gone through or other fan bases have gone through where it's like, we think we might have the guy, but the scheme stinks or guys aren't getting open. Or I love the skill position players. I love what I'm seeing from Matt LaFleur. Jordan Love's got to continue every week to raise his level to cut out the misses and to sprinkle in more and more of the special throws. He, he didn't have misses against the Lions. He didn't have misses against the Chiefs. He's had a couple misses the last two games. All right, let's see how the next few games go. Can he reset and can he reevaluate with, you know, how some of those misses went? Maybe it's footwork. Maybe it's fundamentals and continue to dial in like, like that throw to the corner of the end zone to read. He tried that throw a week ago against the Giants. He put too much air under it. He comes back last week against the Bucks and he slings it in there like a rocket, and it gets in there in time. So there's progression. There's growth. But I'm not sitting at home every week saying, man, he doesn't have a chance. Jordan doesn't have a chance. Matt LaFleur's not giving him a chance. These wide receivers aren't giving him a chance. I maybe thought that earlier in the year, but these wide receivers, these skill position players, are the bright spot of this team right now. They just needed some time to mature and start to put two and two together. 608-321-1670. One more call, then we'll take our last break of the hour. Let's go sports show. Who's this? Hey, it's Mike in Madison. Mike in Madison. Mike, good evening. You didn't live through the 70s and the 80s, do you? You have the voice of a strapping young lad. I do. Okay. Yeah, I did not live I did not live through those uh, 70s and 80s. What I can tell you, though, is Lepore is the guy. He's not going to go anywhere. And Love's the guy. He's not going to go anywhere. Are, are you actually, I mean, are you still on the defend Joe Barry? Me? No. I Look... And this is, oh, God, I blame Vagabond John for this. I, I've never been the, the biggest Joe Barry fan in the world. I, I do understand that this isn't all his fault. Like, he's not exactly playing with a great hand here. But, no, I'm not defending Joe Barry. I, I, I don't like the vibe. It's, it's more the same of what I've seen my entire life, and I want something different. Yeah, we, so now we're seeing players come out on Twitter. We're seeing players kind of suspiciously sitting out. Um I, like you just said, the defensive vibes are just not clicking right now. Um, and it could be because of his his scheme. It could be because of many things. But clearly the players just aren't getting the message. It could be. There's a lot of talk about Matt LaFleur losing his locker room with, with Packers with fans. And I, and I do too. Let's go nuts. Can we not just say, oh, the last two weeks have been really disappointing. That's a bummer. I hope it turns around. Why do we all, why do we have to go all the way? Why do we have to say that house should be cleaned and the locker room's falling apart? That's, oh my God. Well, Matt, Matt LaFleur is not going anywhere. Joe Barry very well might be going somewhere at the end of the season. I think a lot of people believe that. I believe that myself. Um, but you got to look at it from a perspective of, even if they do get to nine and eight, like your last caller said, that's to me 
fresh head. It needs uh, a fresh start. It doesn't need fresh players. It's got it's got players galore. It needs a fresh start. I don't know about, I don't know about I don't, uh, galore is a bit strong. They need some new players. There's there's a couple good ones in there, but with the injuries there's and with the hard. trade of Douglas. Well, injuries are injuries. Every team's going to have injuries every year, so I'm not going to go down the injury path. What I'm telling you is their starters are good. And good. They're not, yeah, you're right. They're not great, but their starters are good. They can put together a better defense than what, better product than what they've been putting on the field this year. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's all I got to say. And uh, I don't agree with your Jets take either. I just don't like, when have we ever seen Rodgers and uh, Nathaniel Hackett work together? Well, when they work well in Green Bay, when Nat Hackett wasn't calling the plays? Well, sure. Time? Sure. Yes, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I don't I don't agree with you. I just, he Nat wasn't Hackett calling plays. He's a bum. He, he's not good. Here, so, here's, yeah. here's, so Mike, I got to run. I got to get my last break and I'm going to let you go. Appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Go for it. Yeah. 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 Have a good one. That's Mike and Madison. You're going to hear it from Vagabond John. If Vagabond John has any intentions in time of calling the show tonight by saying there's players galore. I don't agree with you. I think there are some players and they could, they could be doing way better than they did on Sunday. Okay. You could, you could not do worse with the personnel that they have. How much better they could do? Well, I don't know. We can debate that, but I, I know they couldn't do worse. Um, you were just mentioning with the Jets. Look, I don't think Hackett's some offensive superstar, and I don't think Alan Lazard is amazing. But to criticize Aaron Rodgers for a coordinator and a wide receiver that were brought to coordinate and to play with him, and to criticize him before he's had a chance to, to play with them and to work alongside them, that's not fair to me. That's, that's not, I, I don't think that's fair. And you know me, I'm not the world's, I'm not a diehard Aaron Rodgers supporter. But I, I don't think that's fair. Let's take a break. Last segment of the Wisco Sports Show for hour number one. Oh, just the first hour next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, got to run. Got to get in an update from our guy, Zach Heilprin. Keep taking your calls. I want to keep talking about what's going on with Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry. Mike Clemens to join us as well at 530, Hour 2 Wisco Sports Show, next. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Why do you think he puts your defense in the best position to win these couple games? Well, like I said, I mean, if I thought that was the best solution today, then we'd make that decision. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I wasn't even that bent out of shape about the Packers when the show started today. Like, I'm mostly fine. Who was it? Mike and Madison? Or was it Tom and Lacrosse who said, yeah, coming into this year, we thought eight and nine, nine and eight. Well, they're well on their way to eight and nine or nine and eight. That's probably where they're going to end up. But this year, nine and eight with a young team, with a team that's going to be in a better position financially, with a team that's going to have more draft picks, with a team that's growing nine and eight on a good trajectory. Whereas last year, the Packers went nine and eight in a year where they were trying to contend. You know, Super Bowl or bust, I, I don't know, but Aaron Rodgers is there. They're trying to compete. They're trying to contend at least as much as they can. I would have liked them to make the playoffs, and I guess they still might if some nutty things happen. 
Um, but that was not the expectation this year. It wasn't a playoffs or bust year. It would have been a really, really nice bonus, and it still might happen. I'm going to never say never. It almost happened last year. They had a chance at the end that they probably didn't deserve. Maybe they'll get another chance this year, but I don't know. I, I want Packers fans. Cone Roller tweeted earlier, Packers fans are just playing whack-a-mole week by week. Like, who can we fire? Who can we get rid of? Just calm down. And it's a lot of, not to be ageist here, it's a lot of older folks who lived through the 70s and the 80s. You know how that we know those folks lived through the 70s and the 80s? It's like vegans. You know they're vegan because they'll tell you. You don't have to ask. Just be like, I lived through the 70s and the 80s. It's like, okay, well, we were we were talking about movies, but I, sure, yeah, you watched the, yeah, you remember the Dark Days of the Packers my whole life. I've been told, you don't know how good you have it. You don't, you're so spoiled. And now it's all of these same, the 70s and 80s Packers fans who want everyone fired. Let's clean house. Mark Murphy, step down. Or better yet, heave yourself from the top row of the, the atrium. I, I just, I, I don't get it. We, we're going to relax just a bit. We can't be crying that Matt LaFleur is coach of the year three weeks ago and now say that he's lost his locker room and he needs to go. Uh, no, I won't have it. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Mike Clemens will join us in about a half hour. If you're on hold, hang out right there. I'm going to try to get to you all before we get to Mike. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Oh, Ed. Oh, Ed, you, you got me? Let's try that one more time. You're cutting out just a bit. Oh, sorry. I'm in a bad spot heading out of Beaver Dam. Can you hear me now? Oh, just outside Beaver Dam, of course. Yeah. I got you now. What do you yeah, think? I'm 26. It's always a bad spot for reception. Yeah, I got you. Well, I got you now. What do you think? About what? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. No, um, I... You know, I was listening to you on, on Bill earlier uh, this morning, and a couple of things stood out. And, and then what you were saying, I think, to Mike and Madison earlier, um, I think you kind of touched on something. And when you guys were talking about, you know, who might replace um, Joe Barry, and why would they want to come here? You know, we got a few good players, but what in the heck would make them want to come here? Well, I think what wouldn't want to make them come here which is really important that we that we didn't pull the trigger on this impulsively, it would have been firing Joe Barry after that game. And so I think that there's some value, intrinsic, intrinsic value to not having that knee-jerk reaction, and the Packers typically don't act, you know, act like that, mm-hmm. to where if you fired him with three games left, you already have a defense that's kind of in shambles, and it's not that appealing for someone to say, hey, I want to go to Green Bay and be the defensive coordinator. Oh, man, you know, they, they fired that guy with three games left. So I think hanging on to him at least maybe puts it a little more valuable in terms of, like, you know, we stand by our guy. We're not going to fire you midseason. So I think there's some value in that in the way the big Packers approach that. Yeah, and I, I think, like, my concern, if I was a defensive coordinator coming to Green Bay this offseason, I'd be like, well, Matt LaFleur staring down the barrel of, you know, three straight 500 or worse years. Well, what if all of a sudden he's on the hot seat and I just moved here and took this job and now the guy that hired me is is getting kicked out the door? I, I think one thing that would make me feel better about taking a job in Green Bay is if I knew that Matt LaFleur and Brian Gudikins were going to be here a while. So they're going to have to convince that whoever's coming in, it's like, look, we got something established. We're building for the long run. We can set up shop here and we have some runway uh, and honestly, I know it sounds insane, but winning a couple of the next games and ending the season on a high note, I, I, not to like overreact to two or three weeks of football, but that would go a long way. 
It couldn't hurt, yeah. And there is yeah. something to be said for stability in an organization and not listening to, like you said, like it's expectations shouldn't have been too high, but we're acting like we just jumped right back into a Super Bowl at bus and we're, we're losing sight of that. So, like, the stability, I think, is a, is a good thing. Um, I, we, we wanted to talk wide receiver trust tree uh, today. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I actually wrote out my trust tree. Uh, do you want me to read it to you? I tweeted it out earlier today. Uh, oh, I didn't see it. Yes. Atop my trust tree, so it goes two, 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 and then three on the bottom rung. So my top run right now is Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. Then below them are Romeo Dobbs and Tucker Craft. Below them are Malik Heath and A.J. Dillon when healthy, but A.J. Dillon's got a bad thumb. And then my bottom rung is Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, and Luke Musgrave. And that's not really anything against those guys. It's just I, I can't trust them as far as I can throw them because they can't stay healthy. Plus, Aaron Jones loves fumbling and staying in bounds in the worst possible time. So I, I don't have a lot of trust for him either. Yeah, so we're, we're in total agreement of the top two. Uh, I think Reed and Wicks are, are right there with each other. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to ask you if, if we're throwing tight ends into that. So, and what's interesting for that that question is one first down, it was crucial game game play. Yep. I should go with Tucker Kraft. Mm-hmm. I would do. Okay. And I and okay. I think by the way that that's the test for this is if it's like it's third down and we need someone to run a perfect route and catch the ball in a tight window, who are we trusting most? I, I trust Tucker Craft a lot right now. He's been awesome the last few weeks. Yeah. Um and then I I was kind of the same with you with with uh Watson. I, I left him off my list because he's injured. And it's sort of like give me three games. Three full games of Christian Watson healthy and playing at his full, and then I'll make an assessment on him, right? Because he might be right back up at the top if he gets three full games on him. You can see what, you know, we know he's capable of, but it's not showing it. And then I got to throw this one out there. It's, it's just a, kind of a an X category or whatever you want to call it. Um, who the hell, and I say this a little tongue-in-cheek, who the hell is Bo Melton, and what is he doing with Donald Driver's number? Um. <laughs> So it's it's funny that you mentioned that. So and I'm gonna move on. Drive safe. You got some tough reception out there. So the end of the game the other day, that got rough. <laughs> it's it's Bo Melton, Samari Toure, and Josiah DeGuara. And I'm like, I am no longer having a good time. Right? By and large, I've actually had a lot of fun watching the Packers this year because all those things that I said coming into this season, I meant. I actually meant what I said coming into the season. And I guess a lot of you did not mean it based on how you're reacting to some of these games. Coming into this year, I said, it's going to be awesome to take a step back, to take a deep breath, to not wake up every Sunday morning with my butthole clenched so tight I can barely walk because I'm so scared that the Packers are going to blow it and it's going to be some catastrophe. I'm so happy that I don't have to go through a loss in the NFC Championship game again. I am genuinely excited to take a step back, to watch a rebuilding team, and to relax a little bit. And you know what? What? By and large, I've had a lot of fun this season. They haven't won all the games, and some of them have been pretty rough. But after those rough losses, I've been able to turn off the TV and go, oh, well, we're not supposed to win the Super Bowl anyways this year. It's fine. It's fine. So I've actually had a lot of fun watching uh, Dobbs and Reed and Wicks and all these young guys figure it out. It's been forever since we've had a core of young skill position players like this. It was really before Rodgers even took over since something like this has happened. And it's fun. That fun ran out a little bit at the end of the game, and all of a sudden I'm watching Toure and 
Bo Melton and Josiah DeGuara. But hey, thumbs the brakes. Guys are banged up. You might as well get them out. The defense isn't getting a stop anyways. Uh, all those things I said coming into this year, about uh, nine and eight somewhere in, in that neighborhood. Who knows? Maybe that's good enough for the playoffs. Maybe it's not. I'm actually excited to watch a team that's a little different this year. I meant all those things. I've enjoyed watching this team. I wish they could win a couple more games, but whatever. We had a good run for, I don't know, 30 years. Nine and eight isn't going to kill us. I meant all those things. Apparently, I was one of the few that actually meant all those things. Because a lot of you are like, oh, I, I can't take the expectations anymore. And then they lose one or two games and you want to fire everyone. Okay, so I could tell that you were just saying that to saying that. You, you were preaching. You were not prepared to practice what you were preaching. And I don't mean to yell at fans today. And I don't mean to yell at you. But, man, let's get it together. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric on I-90. Eric, you're probably a, a voice of reason in this conversation tonight. You know, I was going to dig in the box here and pull out Dick Briscoe. <laughs> and uh, I chose not to because there's so many Dick Briscoes that are calling in. You get a, like, a Bill show, it's almost nonstop Dick Briscoe, isn't it? Yeah. Where it's People are unhappy done, today. And then you kind of got Bill Michaels. He's, like, shooting the pistol up in the air like Yosemite Sam and just firing them up even more. Mm-hmm. All right? Everybody's got to zoom out. Zoom out. Oh, I like that. There's a lot of people. A lot of people, they want the truth. Right? <laughs> yeah, they you, do. You want the truth. Well, you can't handle the truth. We can't. Who ordered the Mountain Dew Code Red? All right? <laughs> That's yeah. what we want to know. Yeah. All right, there's a lot of people that are upset. And this is kind of how it is. I I got the Vikings playing Detroit this weekend. We got Nick Cougar Mullenkamp as our starter, and I can't wait to watch it. And you might need to zoom out, and you might have to go, this is it. This is what football is. Yeah. I don't know. I was in a group chat. I, I was in a group chat earlier today, and a buddy's like, I've given up on this team. I can't invest in them. They don't bring me any joy. It's like, yo, and this guy's my age, so this is really the first time in his life the team really hasn't been that great. It's like they're scheduled to go eight and nine, nine and eight. If that if that's as bad as it's ever gotten, like you're doing pretty good. You're doing really good. Nine and eight, eight and nine, twelve and three, seventeen and one's got nothing to do with none of it. Yeah, you're gonna get in there and you're gonna watch that game. When we played the Chicago, not Chicago Bears, who did we beat three to nothing? Oh, the Raiders. I was overjoyed at the end of that game that we won that game. Mm-hmm. We had one drive, and I was overjoyed. You can hear it. You can you can watch. I watched the Packer game this year when they were struggling, and they came out, and they got a first down. Everybody in the stadium cheered. Everybody was like it was up. It was a touchdown. It was only a first down. So you got to have some perspective. Zoom out a little bit. Another thing, all right, when he makes a good throw, when Jordan Love makes a good throw, it's not an unbelievable throw. (laughs) If we zoom out and watch some other football teams, there's unbelievable throws happening all the time. Well, that's that's the thing. That's that's, that's Packers. It's like Jordan Love has one good game. It's like, well, he's top 15 in the NFL. Or Matt LaFleur, they win a couple games. Well, he's coach of the year. Hey, I'm excited about Jordan Love, too. I'm excited about what the Packers and Matt LaFleur have done in some of their better stretches this year. But we can't go from one extreme to the next based on every win and loss. We're all going to lose our mind. Right. 
just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy every part of it. Enjoy the phone calls. They're quite amusing oh. when you listen to them, and and I enjoy them. And I and I like to be part of the show and, and be somewhat entertaining as well and and try to fit in. And you know, nobody wants to talk about the Vikings because you ain't gonna know what I'm talking about, right? Well, yeah, so, I, I, yeah. I I think right? there are. And Eric, I'm gonna move along. I got a couple others I want to get to. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks, bud. Yeah, have a good one. I think the current state of the Vikings, there are some parallels where the Vikings, I think, really like Kevin O'Connell, really like Brian Flores, really like Jordan Addison, really like Hawkinson, really like Justin Jefferson, but the quarterback is a question mark right now. So Vikings fans, and I I could be wrong, I don't want to assume anything on behalf of our friends across the river, the Mississippi, the St. Croix, I think Vikings fans could turn on these games and think, well... Probably not going to win. Probably shouldn't win. But let's just watch our good players make plays. Maybe it'll be enough. Who knows? Let's see what Addison and Jefferson and Hawkinson. Let's see. Who knows? And you can kind of go into these games with low expectations and you can enjoy the fun moments. And the Packers are built very differently from the Vikings. But we got young skilled position players. We got a quarterback we think could be the quarterback of the future. We like our coach. So there's fun things to watch. There's limitations. Right? And the Packers might not win. But I've actually had a pretty good time watching this team now if they lose out the rest of the year we're gonna have a conversation and and you know moving forward who are their cornerstone pieces but you know i have so many packers fans just losing their ever loving minds it's like they're probably gonna finish 500 if this is as bad as it's been in your lifetime welcome to the real world i guess welcome to the world a lot of other football fans 608-321-1670 wisco sports show who's this ah yes Hello, hello. Oh, my God. I forgot to press the on button. Sorry about that. Who's this? <laughs> my dumbass fault. Hello, hello. Who's this? Sorry, that's on me. John from Janesville. John in Janesville. Sorry about that, John. I forgot to press the on button on the phone. Uh, that's on me. What do you think, John? That's all right. Um, I, got like, I have like three points. Okay. Uh, I'll make it fast. Um, so having grown up in, the, in Green Bay uh, during the 70s and the 80s, um, I have uh, seen a lot of bad football. Um I don't necessarily think uh, fans nowadays are spoiled, per se, but, um, you know, I'm not ready to, like, act like it's the end of the world because the Packers have lost some games. I mean, I fully expected them to win about seven or eight games this year, and right now they're on pace to probably win about eight, which is fine. Um, I do have something to say about uh, Joe Barry and just the culture that uh, the Packers have for their defense. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you look at – the really, really good defenses over the last, say, 10 years, the Baltimore defenses, San Francisco, um, I mean, I could go on, but the point is that the philosophy they have is they draft physical, in-your-face, tough, strong football players on offense and defense, for that matter. And Green Bay, I mean, to be honest, I mean, how many hard-nosed, in-your-face football players the Packers even have right now. Not very many. And I think that I think that starts with uh, Gutekunst and before him, um, uh, Thompson. And I feel like, I mean, unless they, they change their culture when it comes to drafting on defense, it's going to be more of the same. Um, and as far as... So I, I want you to make your final point. I, I just want to add something, John and Jamesville, before you move on. 
I also think it's part of the coaching staff's job when those players are brought into the building as rookies. Day one, we teach them the right way to think the way we want them to think and act the way and play the way. And I don't know. It's draft and develop, right? And I think that there's maybe been some development lacking to mold and to shape these guys into hard-nosed, kick-ass football players, like you said. 100%. I mean, you look at Joe Barry. Who was before Joe Barry? I mean, you look at the last two or three coordinators. The kind of, honestly, they, the defense that they've had have been soft. Um, but what I will say about, you know, Joe Barry and uh, LaFleur is that I feel like um, he was in a bad spot. They really don't have anyone else, obviously, in house that can take the spot of the defensive coordinator. I'm sure that's probably the case. Um, but what he could have done is just – he could have fired him and take you know took his chances. I guess you know he can say all he wants. Oh, we're in the midst of a playoff push, but let's be honest: are they really with the defense they have? I mean, he's trying to say the right things. He's trying to protect his guy, but I just feel like unless there's a a, a culture change, it's going to be much of the same. And I and I would tend to agree, John. I think you made just about every single one of those points. I, I think I agree with I, something that I've really started to think about for the first time over the last two weeks is drafting and developing. Because right? there's so much talk about, well, the Packers have spent this many first-round picks. and this, this much, like, yeah, They're putting a lot of resources. They're bringing a lot of guys into the building, guys with good traits from blue-chip programs that are fast and big and strong, and they do all the things you would want a defender to do. And I have a hard time believing that the Packers have drafted over and over and over and over again defenders that can't tackle, defenders that don't hit very hard, defenders that are kind of dumb, and they give up a lot of yards after the catch. Like, no, I I think maybe Brian Gutekinds could draft different players here or there. I'm not excusing Brian Gutekinds of any and all responsibility of the players that he brings into the building, but once they get into the building, what are they being taught? What are they being told? It's draft and develop. And, I, you know, we can keep bringing in guys with all the traits and with all the pedigree out of the draft, but if they get here and they're taught to play defense a certain way, I don't know that it matters. And I think that's been part of the problem, too. It's definitely been part of the problem. I think it's as much a part of the problem as the players that are actually coming in. It's like, we like a lot of these players. We like Rashawn Gary. I really like Lucas Van Ness. I like Kenny Clark. It's not, on the whole, it's not amounting to much. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back. I'll try to get as many of you in here as we can, but we got to get to Mike Clemens at 5.30 as well, so we're running short on time. Three minutes, and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. We're all going to sit back and listen to Mike Clemens. He's going to join us in about 10 minutes. I love just kicking back and listening to Mike tell stories and give his account of what he sees at Lambeau and what he saw on Sunday, of course, at the game, but also what he's hearing from the coaches and the players when he has a chance to be at the press conferences and be in the locker room. So Mike Clemens is going to join us. He's on Twitter at Mike Clemens NFL. If you'd like to join the show first, got a couple minutes. I, I want to get as many people in, but I, I think we're going to shortchange a few, so I apologize about that. 608-321-1670, right before that break, talk to John in Janesville. And, you know, we're, we're talking about Goody, the players that he's bringing in, right? The, the the brand of the Packers, especially the defense. Nobody really tackles all that well. Nobody hits all that. I mean, look at the way the Bucks hit. Look at the way the Niners hit when you watch the Niners. Look at the Chiefs. They'll pop guys. Their corners and their linebackers. Nick Bolton, man. 
and and Nick Bolton's a great tackler, and Fred Warner's a great player, and Devin White and Levante David are great players. But you cannot tell me that every first-round pick and every player that the Packers have drafted over the years, they just haven't been any good. Like, this is a nature versus nurture thing. I think a lot of these players have been fine, and the coaches have done nothing to take them to the next level. It's draft and develop. We have the draft, and then you get them in the building. What are they being taught? How are they being lectured and, and molded as football players and as members of a greater overall identity and defense in Green Bay? And I don't know there was a lot of that going on. And I think that's a problem. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? I don't know. Are you listening to me? Yes, it's you. Sorry about that. It's it's Rick on County M. Rick. I'm only going to take about 10 seconds because I'm going to hit a dead spot again here. I've been trying to get through for an hour, and basically what John and you have been talking about is what I was going to do. I was going to call, get down off my soapbox, and actually apologize to you guys who don't hardly get to watch that many real football players anymore. There's too many of them that are suffering <laughs> from low T. When I watch football, the players are on the field and the cheerleaders are on the sidelines. You young people have to watch too many people that could care less if they're on the field anymore. And I apologize to you for that, that you have to go through that. I feel privileged that I got to live through the era when maybe they didn't win as many games, but I got to watch men playing football. That's that's my soapbox speech right there, and I'm just going to say right there. <laughs> well, thank I you, Rick. Christian, Christian Watson needs testosterone shots. Alexander needs testosterone shots. Maybe Stokes. I'm sorry, I was in the woods this weekend, so I didn't see the game. I don't know if Stokes made it out there. But he did. Yep. Yeah, they're all freaking low T. So anyway, I'm sorry you had to live through that, you young people. <laughs> Back when I'm sorry we missed back when men were men. Thank you, Rick. That's rocking, Rick. It's been a while since we've heard from you, Rick. I appreciate you. Um, you know, Devondre Campbell went out there and played, and he struggled the whole game because he was banged up and he couldn't keep up in coverage, and his mobility was hampered. So don't get me wrong. I'm a manly man as much as the next guy, and I like my football players to be men. I like them to go out there and, and gut through pain and gut through injuries, but there comes a time where you don't want them out there because they're hurting their team. They're a liability to their team. Like, could per, perhaps Isaiah McDuffie been a better player for what the Packers were trying to do on Sunday because he's not hurt? Because he's at least, I, I don't think he's as good of a player pound for pound as Devondre Campbell when they're both healthy, but they're not both healthy. So, Rick, I <laughs> Christian Watson, man, he's just he's too fast for his own body. His muscles can't keep up with him. So Jair is Jair is different. That one's that one's interesting. If you have your tinfoil hat on and you have theories about Jair and what's going on there, I'm not going to tell you you're nuts. I'm not necessarily going to agree with you, and I'm not going to have conspiracy theories about what's going on with Jair. But I don't blame Packers fans for thinking something's going on there. Um, I'm not going to pile on with you, but I, but I get why you would feel that way. Sorry to those of you who can, couldn't get in today. I promise tomorrow we'll have more time. we got to connect with Mike Clemens, and I don't want to be short on time with Mike because we only get to talk to him uh, once this week. So he's going to join us next, the Wisco Sports Show, back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Baker pulls it on the run, connects with Godwin for another Tampa Bay first down. Down the sideline and taken down inside the 25. 25 yards for Chris Godwin. Guy's just so consistent, man. Um, can't say enough about him. Uh, a true stud, true professional. Has never complained, has never done any of that. Just done everything he needs to do. And today he was balling. Um, just some clutch catches. Couldn't be happier for Chris. Chris Godwin didn't have much going on this season. Maybe heard some of the stats on Sunday and really been all that busy. If you owned him in fantasy, you probably know it's, well, he's having a career year. And then Sunday happened and he was everywhere, catching everything, scoring touchdowns, deep balls, dump offs. It was, everything was cooking for the Bucks offensively. Mike Clemens was there in attendance. He joins us now. He's on Twitter at Mike Clemens NFL. Mike, good evening. How are you? Okay. A week ago today, Chris was questionable with this kind of foot and knee injury that he'd been dealing with. Right after the game, um, I thought it was great, man. He was very receptive. And, by the way, we're having such trouble in our business these days that an NFL crew was there, I think from the NFL Network, but no reporter. And they handed me a microphone and said, could you help us out here? Sure. Wait, on TV? Yeah, so they're doing a headshot of him because they need him for, like, you know, when they play him talking about the game after the highlights. Oh, yeah, sure. And I'm getting him our stuff for our show, for the Bill Michaels postgame show. So I just grabbed the microphone, and I, I go ahead and do the – that helped me get a good interview with him, I suppose. No you know? kidding. But so, so I'm standing there, and I'm saying, Chris, you know, because I didn't understand how does this guy release off the line of scrimmage, usually in the slot, sometimes in a, in a three-man bunch, maybe off to the right-hand side, he takes five, six steps. He runs about 18 to 20 yards downfield, turns around on the hash, or sometimes in the numbers. He's in front of Rudy Ford, and he's wide open, wide open. And so I, I talked to him about it. Now, he was excited that they just won three in a row, and they're on their way to clinching their division in the South. So we felt like we were playing for our, uh, our, our playoff lives, and I think you kind of saw that you know, throughout the game. They did a good job. They were fighting us, you know, the entire way. But, like I said, we got a lot of grit on this team. Is it just me or somewhere about 20 yards downfield off tackle? There's a spot with your name on it? Yeah. I mean, what was going on today? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I have to go like, check the film and really see. But I think that uh, me and Big were, were connecting. You know, Dave was, was calling some really good plays. But I think that uh, the ball was going all over the place. I think we had a lot of guys that, you know, that popped up and were making a lot of plays. Demo had a, had a really big play for us. Mike had a big play for us. Rashad was running the ball well. Chase came in, like, O-line. I think it was just a, a total team victory. Were there, things you, were there things you saw this week that said to you, if we get that timing right, we could just keep chipping away at this thing? I don't know if it was necessarily some, like something specifically this week, but like we like we understand that like we just got to keep you know just keep working, just keep kind of like putting the work in, and then eventually you know things will turn around for us. You know, Mike, one of my favorite things to bring up: you really know an offense is cooking, or I guess conversely, you know that the defense is really struggling is when the ball's going everywhere, right? So just off the top of my head, Chris Godwin had a bunch of catches, but Mike Evans had a big day. David Moore, who I don't even know is still in the league, the old Seahawk, he had a Cole Keith had a catch. Like, that's how you know a defense can't do anything is when the ball is going to everyone and they're having success. Everyone's having success. Can I be honest about something? Please. I did. I talked to him. I forgot that's the Seahawks. <laughs> right. I that. Same. I thought that he was out two or three years ago. That's a guy I covered in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You're kidding me. That David Moore. Yeah. 
but he had a day. That's what I'm saying. Everyone was involved. Cole Keefe, I got Ben Kenny, who's a big college football guy. He's like, I hate that guy because he was at Minnesota, right? So just yeah. everyone is coming out of the yeah, woodwork no, and no, having no, success. I remember all that. No, I talked to him because I had to get him with a 52-yard touchdown. I didn't realize, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, uh, sorry about that. I, I was shocked by that uh, because I was just – Godwin was all over the field. Uh, Baker Mayfield was part of the story. Uh, Mike Evans, healthy at six foot five out there, blows past Eric uh, Stokes early in the game. Uh, the, you know, Todd Bowles, one of the men, you know, he's still got this core. When you're in that Buccaneers locker room and you say Jason Lick, you see the GM. Mm-hmm. That's a sharp GM that they've got. Yep. Okay, he put together a Super Bowl team. Yes, he was able to woo Tom Brady to come down and then come back another year or two after that. The sharp GM, it's a sharp organization. It's a bunch of guys veterans still walking around trying to see if they can, you know, somehow get a second ringer. They're not going to get to a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield, are they? No, no. But there's a lot of of guys there that have been to the promised land and know how to play big-time football, and they put it together. They're banged up, but they they put it together, the Packers. And when they went into the visitor's locker room, they were were very excited about that. It's like they like coming back to Green Bay because they seem to get some exciting wins. And Todd Bowles made a big key change. He moved down from the Byron Leftwich era and hired this Dave Canales. And, you know, the, all the guys on the offense there were talking about it. In the meantime, they put up 34 points. They, it seems as if well, Baker Mayfield having a perfect game with four touchdowns and no picks and all that stuff. And even after he'd been sacked and lost the fumble and everything, he had a career day at Lambeau Field. Um, every, all the fans took to Twitter and said, fire Joe Barry, fire Joe Barry, fire mm-hmm. Joe Barry. So Joe Barry's I've, – I've said this before. Name a popular defensive coordinator. There aren't many. There aren't many. It's just That's just the way fans react, yelling at their TV. It's, and they think it, they it, think it's cool to fire somebody in, in December when you're where the Packers are at and you think you should be 7-6 and six instead of looking at 6-8. and eight. Do something. Do yeah. something. And it's and it's and it's not just limited to the defensive coordinator. Like it's the coordinator opposite the head coach, right? So in Pittsburgh, we want to get rid of Matt Canada, or back in the day, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, right? Or in or with the Vikings when Mike Zimmer was there. We always want to fire the guy on the other side of the ball of the head coach, right? That's always what fans want. So let's all imagine now that you're a defensive player for the Green Bay Packers and you sit in meetings every day, and this is the guy that's at the head of the room, and he was asked just what would this be. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, just after you had had that magnificent win over the Lions in Detroit on Thanksgiving, and still we're looking down the barrel of the Chiefs. We were kind of thinking like, okay, when Patrick Mahomes cars up these guys, because yeah. this Packers defense has done a pretty good job all season, holding t- opponents to 17 to 20 points. It was Jordan Love and those guys that didn't seem to be holding their end of the bargain. Joe Barry was asked, has it been nice? This year, not to see fire Joe Barry signs in the stadiums. Yeah, but I mean, you guys know. I mean, it's it's uh, in this league. It, th- this league is hard. It's week to week. Um, but I, but absolutely, it is. I, I think it's for everybody involved. You know, I've had this conversation with you guys before, and I've tried to paint the picture that you know everything goes into that that four-hour block on game day um literally every you know minute of the day uh monday through saturday and it's for for everybody involved you know not only 
people calling the game, but people playing the game, the coaches, I mean, everybody, fans. It's, it's hard when things don't go well um, in that four-hour block on Sundays. So, um, but that's, that's what the league is. That, that's what makes the National Football League so great. So, um, and yes, to answer your question, it's, you know, I, I think it's, it's incredibly satisfying for everybody involved when you do win a football game. Because it's 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 hard to win games in the National Football League. It's hard. So I'm trying to figure out how exactly I want to react to that. It's not really a let me, direct. Let me give you this to think about. Sure. Hit me. Here, here's who already after beating the Lions and the Chiefs. Here's who has a job next year already locked up. Yeah. Brian Gutekunst. He he drafted 13 rookies. Look how much talent he brought in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matt Lafleur. Look what he's done when he got handed. Hey, Matt. For this year, we're going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to give you 13 rookies. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Good luck. Jordan Love, he's coming back next year as the quarterback. It's simple. Done. That, that, that's that's, a, that's this been decided. Mm-hmm. Rashawn Gary, he's coming back. He's, he's got a job and 107 million reasons why. Uh, Jaden Reed, your rookie wide receiver, sharp kid. That's, that's a guy for the future. Those guys all have jobs. Everything else, yeah, this is it's week to week, and the questions are up. And and for Joe Barry, uh, I think overall he has kept it consistent, but he doesn't seem to have taken to the next level of inspired. Oh, let me add one more to the got a job, no question, is Rich Passaccia, because he's the assistant head coach now, but he's also got just the personality and I don't know swagger or the leadership that maybe Matt doesn't have. And I don't think Joe Barry has because right. guys plays for Rich Bisaccia, but no one gives Joe B much love in the locker room. So I, I, I'm glad that you said that Rich Bisaccia maybe has the swagger that Matt LaFleur doesn't have, right? Be, because I think in today's league, in the NFL today, I don't think there's a perfect head coach out there, right? There, there's coaches that are very strong with scheme, and I think Matt LaFleur is one of those guys, but maybe they need help you know, getting a rile out of the locker room. So they have Rich Bisacci or they have, you know, someone else on staff who's maybe a little bit more of a meathead, maybe a former player. And then the other side of that coin is like Mike Tomlin, Dan Campbell, maybe not a scheme in and of themselves, but they're leaders, they're motivators, and they're relying on their offense and defensive coordinators. This is why I think Joe Barry and the defensive coordinator, it's such an important role on a Matt LaFleur coaching staff because Matt LaFleur isn't the rah-rah guy. He is not a guy, at least what I view, and you're there, so you tell me if I'm wrong. He's not a guy that inspires me to go hit another man in the face over and over again hard. So defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, you need guys that have a brand, that have an atmosphere, that have a vibe. And you said Joe Barry doesn't, I mean, does he connect with guys? Is there is there anything there? Because the, what you tell me, it seems like there isn't. I, you know what? He's a nice guy. He uh, stresses fundamentals. Um, I, 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 I think he likes to keep. He wants to make sure the players are happy. Okay. That's the problem. He makes sure the players are happy. I've never seen, seen him do anything to me that just, you know. And Devondre Campbell. Now, I'm, you know, he just said Devondre had some serious injuries, mm-hmm. and we just played an interview, the one that we did with him about a week or so ago, where he says, "I shouldn't even be here." Between the high ankle sprain and the jacked-up ankle he had last year, you know, he's, he, it's surprising he's not out there. Well, yesterday, so last night, Matt LaFleur said 
It's not Joe Barry. If I thought that was a problem, I would have already made a decision. He would have been in there last night telling us Joe Barry is no longer with the team. By the way, I my bet is that if there had to be an emergency interim defensive coordinator, it wouldn't be Jerry Montgomery defensive line or Greg Williams secondary. I, I would guess it would be the password, the outside linebacker coach, Jason Rebervich, to get you through the rest of the season to get the signals called because, frankly, he's doing part of that already on the sidelines. By the way, tight end Tyler Davis, he's holding up cards now to make sure that, you know, Carrington Valentine on the far side of the field gets the signals from a card in case he didn't hear it yeah. because they missed so many checks yesterday. But uh, for LaFleur and where this is all going is that uh, I don't see a guy – I don't see a guy that would – even as good as these players will be next year as they improve, I don't see him as the guy that's going to take you to the Super Bowl. I just don't. Well, so, you said he, he doesn't want to make players unhappy. Isn't that kind of the – you tell okay, me if I'm wrong. He, he's the Devondre Campbell tweet. Okay, okay. So what Campbell said let's do that. Because last night LaFleur said we had the right defenses. We had zero communication on the checks. So, in other words, if we're in a if – we, if we got five defensive backs and you've got two on the right – and three on the left, we're, and we're supposed to cl- click and switch and roll that secondary over to the other side. And that wasn't happening time and time again. And so uh, – and, and I, I – we talked to LaFleur about um, the Chris Godwins, back-to-back 20-yard receptions. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, how does that happen? Can you talk about some of the Godwin receptions like – back-to-back 20 yards seemingly in front of the safeties yeah that was another one I mean where we were they were there was one of the plays we were in an empty set um, and one guy gets misaligned we're supposed to we're we're trying to check to our three deep coverage which the concept they had on quite frankly uh, is now one that you really want versus three deep four under and we you know it just it's, it was a bad deal because we never got the check. And so now you've got basically Dre on two receivers and you don't have the rotation coming his way. So it was it was a bad deal. So some might say, Mike, you know, Matt LaFleur, he's up there making excuses for Joe Barry. But he's not. He's not. He's consistently telling us they messed this up. This was not the right call. This was not communicated. This was not coached. And this is why I I just, I don't understand. Because Matt LaFleur has no problem telling us all about all the different things that's wrong with Joe Barry's defense. And yet he's still here. It would be one thing if he was in denial, like, oh no, the players need to make, but he's not. He's not not making excuses. He's straight up saying it. No, and it seems to me that it was LaFleur that said to Joe then this summer saying, let's try this now, Joe. How about we put you up top so you can see the field? Let's do that. Why, why do you want to handhold when, when he's saying, well, I now, need to work more Barry, with him. Why? And then Barry says, after he's done it, it's like, you know, I kind of like it. He's right. I can see the field. I can do this. He jokes that, you know, he doesn't have to be out there in the cold anymore. But it's the first time he'd ever done it, and he thought it was fine. But whatever their system is after that, and I believe Joe Barry's supposed to be talking directly to Devondre Campbell, who's got the green dot on his helmet, and I, I would imagine that's the guy who has to yell, check to left yeah to make that check now what did devondre say this morning on twitter he tweeted not going out of my way anymore and i'm not playing through injuries uh anymore because when 
bad word, goes wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everyone accordingly, and I'm giving them the same energy they're giving me. Focus on yourself and your mental. You owe it to yourself. So who's he talking to here, Mike? Who, 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 who's holding it against him? Read it one more time. Not going out of my way anymore, and I'm not playing through injuries because— Okay, so that's what he's saying is I'm no longer injured. I'm healthy. So stop talking about my injuries. Okay, go ahead. So when things go wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everyone accordingly and giving them the same energy they're giving me. So somebody must have said, well, you know, Dre is playing through injuries. And he's here to say, I'm not playing through injuries and it's not my fault. But what the coach, the head coach just said last night, something's not connecting in terms of making adjustments before the snap when the Buccaneers come out with, you know, they flip-flop the formation that you anticipated you know, before you broke huddle. So now he feels like he's being blamed for a lot of that stuff. Eric Stokes was out there. I didn't understand why he was out there starting. I didn't get it. He got 47 snaps in. Got a lot of snaps. Valentine. Yeah, 47. And so we asked, but, you know, the guy, it was as if he had been run over by a truck between that foot and knee injury and in a wheelchair a year ago at this time. First time playing since that game where he got hurt at Lions at Ford Field in November of 2022. I ain't played ball in over 13 months or whatever, so it was a great feeling just being back out there, just being out there with the guys. Very, very much emotional. I felt it, of course, when we were coming out of the tunnel, and you know a lot, I bet that like, it's, it, it is what it is, and especially after the first tackle I had was like, all right, all right, I'm back, but then taking a look back at it after afterwards and all that stuff, you feeling like you get the true emotion. Like I bet that like I actually back back. Like, I actually feel good. I actually all that stuff. And all. So it was a great feeling. That's good. I'm happy for him. He also got cooked. Like, he, yeah. he was awful. Um, both things can be true. Like, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he's back. That's really cool. He got cooked. Um, yeah, Mike Evans <laughs> lines up wide left, you know, single. He makes a simple high school post route. And Eric is trailing behind him and flailing. And, you know, Baker Mayfield, nice throw. Um, he ran a, a, a deeper route that apparently Stokes was, well, we asked him about it. This is so bizarre. Uh, let me pull up. I didn't have number five ready to go here, Mike. This is the second time oh, okay. I'm coming to you. No, no, no. I, I got it now. Here's Eric Stokes. Oh man, that was just a good call by them on that on that aspect. You got you got to tip your hat. Like we always say on the back end, like uh, everybody have a tough down. That just so happened it was my down and all that stuff. And it was just a great play call versus a versus what we had. So you got to go and tip your hat to it and just move on to it. And and one thing that I always look at myself first of all was like I could have been more stickier. Like yeah, he gave me a fake nod to the outside, like it was gonna be a seven on it but still i gotta be more sticky and more little things so it's things that i can easily look at my in and myself in the mirror with with it so he's probably got to wait for some of that speed to come back he was a player that relied on his speed but I, an injury I, I, like that. I, I assume that joe barry makes the call and says matt i want to go with 21 i want to go to the veteran against these guys like mike evans and all that and Corey ballantyne i i what i like what i've seen from Eric Stokes, you know, he's out there against the Broncos team. He with just a couple snaps got hurt, blew his hamstring out after not playing for a year against the Broncos, rehabs that, and they say, let's put in the veteran against these guys rather than Corey Ballantyne for another week. Maybe he had a bad game against the Giants. And so that's the decision they made. I don't get that. I don't get putting a guy who hasn't played in a year back out there after the performance you'd be getting by that group of the secondary. You had the 
helped you win four out of five games just earlier this season. Well, at least for that many snaps, if you want to work him in slowly and try to work him out and, and try to figure right. out who he is and what he you don't you played him that's like what we that's what we assumed was going to happen. Yeah, just to get him, and then he's lining up there in the first down. So if he gets cut this week or next, I'm going to be pissed. Okay, so like, yeah, (laughs) yes, because if this is part of some long term plan they got for him, okay. But if the plan was, well, we'll play him the whole game, and if he sucks, we'll move on, and and it hurt your team. That's just stupid. Yeah, and I don't think that I don't think that was the case. I really don't. don't. I don't think there. No, I I I think you know, and the buck stops at Matt Lafleur's desk. He made a bad decision, but on allowing that to happen. Why you you've got to just. And the same thing with Aaron Jones. You know, I even talked to him about it. I said, you know, this whole offense has now been geared to the feel of A.J. Dillon back there and his kind of power runs and him being the checkoff. And then they put you in there for the first half. And You know what? They had They had Aaron Jones on and a pitch count. He's convinced they had him in a pitch count. That's why he disappeared in the second half. Well, we can uh, we can talk more. I just realized what time it is, Mike. The whole offense, right? And, and I feel you. I, I got to go, unfortunately. I just realized what time it is, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> We'll talk. No problem, buddy. We'll talk again later this week. Sorry to sorry to run you off, Mike. We got to go. Last break. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.